listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Thursday, the 11th of August 2022. Uh, later, US inflation has it peaked. It may. We'll discuss that in a few moments. But first to Telstra, which for the first time since 2015 is lifting its final dividend. The telco posted a 4.6% decline in full year profit, but declared a full year dividend of 16.5 cents per share. And this is its CEO, Andy Penn's final reporting season as CEO. He's uh, handing over the reins later this month. And for more, I spoke earlier with Andy Penn. Andy, the first increase in full year dividend since 2015. How have you managed that in the face of falling profits over the past 12 months? Well, the thing to look at at our FY22 result is that we're at an inflection point. So it is the last year in which we will see the transitional economic impacts of the NBN, which have been a massive headwind on the company. Actually, whilst uh, net pat and income and EBITDA were down by 5% on a reported basis. If you look actually through that, underlying EBITDA was up more than 8% and underlying EPS was up almost 50%. And so the increase in the dividend is a reflection of the strength of the underlying performance and the outlook for the future. We're seeing interest rate rises, the rising cost of living. Can we talk about how you're seeing these pressures and how they're being reflected in your business, both from an operational standpoint and from the consumer? Are they starting to pull back? Yeah, look, I mean, obviously we're not immune from the economic uncertainty which exists out there, particularly uh, inflation, but we do have some natural hedges in the business. So a number of our contracts basically for our customers have inflationary increases in them. And we're obviously trying to mitigate the flow through of the impact, particularly on consumer customers. Um, But we do have uh, that impact in there as well. We've already gone through the process of our enterprise agreement uh, discussions for wages uh, over the last, for the next couple of years. And they're set in at around 2.5% and 3% uh, out to the end of next year. Uh, And then there's a number of other factors where we're able to mitigate and manage the impact of inflation. But what I would say, Ricardo, is, is that, you know, Demand for our products and services has never been greater. Our balance sheet is strong. We have some natural hedges in place. So whilst we're not immune, I think we're in a better place than many. So as what you're saying is that despite rising cost pressures within the business, which are being passed on to the consumer in the form of higher prices, demand is still pretty strong? Consumers are, are still spending? Yeah, look, I mean, I think that you see right the way across the telecommunications industry, you know, you, you can't sort of deny gravity and... and there is some impact that's flowing through to higher prices, but at the same time, you know, we're also trying to expand the breadth of services as well. And the other thing that we've done, Ricardo, is, as you know, we have this multi-brand approach. So, you know, we've got Telstra, we've got Belong, we've got our partnership with Boost, we've got a partnership with JB Hi-Fi, we've got our MVNOs, and so we're able to actually accommodate all sectors of the economy. If, if customers want a lower value plan, we can migrate them to them. And the other thing that we have in place is we don't have locking contracts. We got rid of those, led the industry on that four years ago. And so customers can move to the plan that best suits them. On a broader issue, COVID has brought on the rise of the flexible working environment. But at the same time, we're seeing CBD office occupancy falling, which isn't good news for businesses, especially those smaller businesses which rely on CBD worker foot traffic. What do you see as your role or Telstra's role in this type of an environment, especially given Telstra is a big employer, and how do you get the balance right? 
Yeah, no, look, it's a great question, Ricardo. And, and from my perspective, uh, you know, I work quite closely with the Victorian government. I sit on the board of the National Gallery of Victoria. And I think we need to redefine what the role of the city is because we can't deny the fact that working and studying from home, you can do it very, very effectively. It doesn't mean to say we do it all the time. Um, but I do think, you know, the way of working has, has changed permanently. At the same time, um, you know, I think the attractions of being in the city, uh, the arts, sports, culture, entertainment, eating, dining, and just, you know, I think there's a lot of attractions, particularly in, in Melbourne, and so how we repurpose that. But to your point, I think we have to try and support some of the small businesses. So those that are around us um, and operate around our sort of head office and uh, both here and in Sydney, we've tried to support them. Um, but there is going to be a bit of a transition. And when you say support, what do you mean by support? Well, directly within our building, we've, you know, we've worked with a local landlord to try and you know, mitigate um, their rental costs and, uh, and other ways, you know, in terms of them as customers, not just the ones that are immediately proximate to us, but more generally across small medium business, you know, trying to help them you know, w- with the right plans and you know, obviously you know, supporting them if they're going through a financial difficulty and otherwise. So there's lots of different um, support that customers can avail themselves of, uh, of, which is available from Telstra. This is your last set of profit results before you pass on the CEO baton to Vicky Brady. What would you like to be seen as your lasting legacy? Look, I feel as though we've taken sort of dragged Telstra from an old telco world, old bureaucratic telco world, to the modern world of the digital economy. I've said before that I had a vision when I started as the CEO, a vision to make Telstra a world-class technology company that empowers people to connect. And when I said that, uh, frankly, a lot of people, and not unreasonably, didn't feel that was plausible because of the scale of the change it required. And I should make the point, it's never been about wanting to be Google or Microsoft or somebody that we're not, but telecommunications has become a much more technology-driven sector and industry, and we needed to drag ourselves into that new world of the digital economy. And that's my uh, very much, I think we've achieved that. That's what we are today. And, And I'm proud also that I'm able to hand over the reins to a CEO we've appointed internally and a CFO that we've appointed internally as well because the other dynamic as a, as a CEO and as a company, you know, strategies come and go, competitors come and go, things change. The thing that's lasting is the quality of the people, the quality of the management team, the culture within the organisation and the way in which you operate and Telstra's engagement has never been higher. Andy, finally, what now for you? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is, is uh, spend a little bit of time with family. Um, my family, a number of my family are in the UK and my wives are in the US and so during COVID we haven't had the opportunity to spend as much time as them with them as we would like and so we'll spend a little bit of time with family and then uh, from early next year I will start to look to make a contribution on the things I'm passionate about, whether it's digital or cyber security or uh, in the arts or otherwise, um, but in a different in a different role, really more through a portfolio of roles rather than a single role as a chief executive. Andy Penn there, the CEO, the outgoing CEO of Telstra. Now to the Australian share market, which rose today, the S&P ASX 200 up 1.1% to 7,071. That's because inflation in the US has fallen from 9.1% annually to 8.5%. So has inflation peaked? For more, I spoke earlier with Jamie Hanna, 
from Van Eck. Yes, well, 8.5% print was obviously lower than expectations. It was coming in around 8.7, and certainly, as you've noted, lower than last month. But the the fact is, is it's still extremely high. 8.5% indicates that there's an inflationary problem in the US and that they need to take some action against it. So whilst it is lower, um, there's still going to be interest rate rises on the agenda and the upcoming meetings in September and November in the US. There's no doubt about that because they need to address this. Is it going to be the peak? It's hard to say. It's only one month's worth of data coming out of the US, um, and there is a there is a small drop. However, um, one month is not indicative of uh, a future a future fall. So it's really just the tip of the iceberg, and I think we'll have to wait to see what the next month's print is um, before we can say that these interest rate rises have any having any impact in terms of inflation at the moment. I guess today, though, the market likes it because shares are up uh, both here in Australia and, and in the US. So what does this all mean for the market? And what about for Australia? Because even though there is some talk in the US that inflation may have peaked, it certainly hasn't in Australia because the RBA is expecting it to reach beyond 7%. It's only 6.1% here. Yeah, so if we look at the rates first in Australia at 6.1%, there's still um, the chance that the next uh, print in Australia will, will be higher. There's no doubt that Australia is probably a couple of months behind the US in terms of the, the inflationary pressures that we're feeling. Um, so we will see a number of rate rises coming out over the coming months um, from the RBA. Uh, we've already seen a few, but we're expecting another probably four rate rises of a quarter of a percent coming up, which will take Australia to about 2.85%. So that's coming. And, and you know, with 6.1% in Australia, that's still extremely high. And if it gets higher, then we need to address that with, with continued rate rises. But in terms of the market itself, look, the US print came out less than expected. That That is a positive for the market. It means that the interest rate rises are having some impact, or that's what people are hoping. So the market rallied in the back of the US. If you look at the NASDAQ 100 in the US, it's up 20% from its lows um, earlier in the year, which indicates it's ended a bull market. Now, that could be premature, um, but what we're going to see with uh, all the inflationary pressures coming through is it's just going to be continued volatility in the market. Generally, when these types of things get into the market, you'll tend to see the volatility stay around for a a period of time until the underlying issue has been sorted. And I don't think we're seeing any uh, end to inflation rate rises or indeed some of the pressures coming out of Ukraine at the moment. So we're going to continue to see a lot of this uh, volatility in the market over the short to medium term. Let's talk some corporate news today. One of the big stories today, Telstra's profit down around 4%, but it's uh, lifting its dividend for the first time since 2015. What's your take on the company? Yeah, look, Telstra is still the backbone of Australian telecommunications. And and the result was, was a relatively solid result from Telstra compared to where they've been. They're still growing, although not quite as fast as people would like. You need to look at the underlying fundamentals of Telstra. They had solid revenue growth coming out of their mobile operations, which is good to see, as well as their InfraCo business, which is their spun-off infrastructure business. So there are growth pockets coming out of Telstra, and they've also been looking to you know, lower some of their operating costs. So they're well positioned to, I guess, facilitate the next growth in the Australian telecommunications market. They've, they've cut out a lot of the NBN issues, which were plaguing a lot of the large providers in Australia. So I think in terms of Telstra, 
they're, they're looking good um, for an investment opportunity. And the increased dividend, whilst it's only small, it still takes the yield to around 4%, not taking into account any of the franking credits, which for any investor looking for some yield, it's going to keep Telstra in that bucket of an attractive investment for, for anyone looking for some extra dividend yield. We are in profit reporting season. Uh, any others catch your eye today? Yeah, there's always a few every day, but at the moment it's probably AMP. We're probably the other large company today. They've had a terrible run over the last uh, five years or more as the company's kind of transitioned out of insurance business into more of a wealth management business. Today, their, their profits were down 25%. Um, it was really on the back of um, write-downs in credit, loss provisions, as well as asset pricing. So it's not a fundamental loss to the underlying business. And I think they're just positioning themselves after many years of like restructuring their business into a new kind of position to take advantage of the wealth, that they're now kind of looking to, to the future. And they've announced that they're paying back to shareholders over a billion dollars um, in capital. And it's going to start with a $350 billion buyback. Um, so, I mean, that's positive. It means that the company is potentially finished with their restructuring and they can now focus on the next stage, which is growing the, the new business. And given that profit reporting season really ramps up sometime next week, right, are there any themes that a, you, are you either seeing right now or expect to see? What are the things you're looking out for? Yeah, so at the moment, we're, we've had a few results come out and they've all generally beaten estimated forecasts at this particular point in time. And that's what we saw in the US and they had their reporting season in, in July, so it's just gone. And I think we're going to see more of what the US saw, which is a lot of companies beating estimates, but their forward-looking forecasts and where they think the company's going will be a little bit muted. And I think we're going to see that because there's a, a lack of confidence in terms of where the economic conditions are at the moment with the rising inflation, rising interest rates, as well as rising um, wages and labour shortages. So we have all these factors playing out and a lot of the CEOs and management of these top companies are going to be hesitant to um, really predict strong growth um, with the current climate. And I think that's going to play through into the underlying results, but I don't think it's a bad thing. I think we're going to see uh, some positive results coming out of the current earnings season. Jamie Hanna there from Vanek. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Financial decision.